The antidote is joined by Azahel and Sabat of Frost Like Ashes. I'm so glad to have you guys here. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's great being here. Well, we have you two with us. What about filling us in about the other members of Frost Like Ashes? Um, let me see. Uh, Koheleth plays keys, and um, Fire from the band Elgabor is also our bass player. And then we have the Blastronaut on drums. Um, you may have heard his other band, Broken Flesh. He is a very good drummer, and he's our new drummer. So that's the other three members of Frost Like Ashes at this time. You guys really come from a big metal background. Like each of you individually have been involved with a number of different projects. So where does Frost Like Ashes stand in the rankings? <laughs> well, um, I would say that it is quite different from the other things that I've done. So I don't know that it necessarily takes a place in rankings uh, as opposed to just being its own entity and um, you know doing what it does the best way that it can do it. And that's kind of the way it is for me in my mind anyway. I have to say that I really love creative band bios, but I think Frost Like Ash has topped everybody with this one birthed as a suffocating blizzard from the cold heart of the icy plains of America. Frost Like Ashes brought an unprecedented intensity as well as controversy to the metal scene of the early and mid-2000s. Skulls were crushed, blood was consumed, satanic Bibles were desecrated, and pentagrams were destroyed. Now, the bio mentions about the band being controversial. I don't know, I'm guessing that relates to your style of music compared to other bands in the Christian music scene. But you must have gotten into this with eyes wide open. Like, I mean, you knew you were going to be pushing people's buttons. I uh, am the kind of guy that pushes buttons anyway. I, how do I say this? It's like, it's like I'm almost on the spectrum. I can't allow somebody to say something that I think is not true. I just get really confrontational about it. So the vision to put this band together sort of came to me first. And so I sort of spent a couple of years really praying about the right people that would have the attitude that wasn't scared to push buttons to, uh, you know, tip some sacred cows. Because, I mean, there there are some wonderful Christian metal bands, but... I, I think that the scene is very safe and very much a small pond and people don't want to go outside of that. Our goal was never actually to reach Christians. It was always to reach those involved with darkness. And sadly, we didn't have much outreach into those areas um, like I would have liked to have seen. But... It's been an adventure with that. So we definitely um, are okay with pushing buttons. We're definitely okay with that. There are times where it will wear you down and make you fatigued with, you know, forgive the Christianese here, but with just religious spirits. But the truth is, is that um, if I can get people to think, if I can get people to, to step outside of the bubble that they live in and see somebody who needs Jesus, maybe step outside of their church community and 
love somebody that's lost instead of just viewing them as the enemy. Maybe this has been for something. Maybe this accounts for something in the end. You and I are on the same page. We try to attack everything, despite the fact that we never meant to uh, reach out to Christians. We more meant to reach out to uh, you know Satanists or other people into black metal. Um, we did it in a different way. We did it by by using the same methods that they use to attack us. So the things that they held, you know, quote unquote sacred, uh, we just set out to desecrate all of those things. And that seems counterintuitive, but in the metal world, the one thing that rules is, is being powerful or being strong, being authentic with what you're doing. And so those things, uh, you know, attract people in this style of music. And it's, it's at that point that God's spirit can work uh, through the music itself or through the songs, or uh, we can work one-on-one uh, talking with people. So it's been my attitude since the first band I was in. And when uh, Sabat contacted me and talked to me about this band, you know, our, our vision and our attitude just meshed perfectly because really in, in the end, we're both just metal. That's what we are. Uh, we're Christians, but we're metal. So that's how we do things. Black metal has a long history in Christianity. Bands like Antestor, when they first started up, they were really being confronted, seriously confronted, like with death threats from other black metal bands. Yeah, that stuff happens. So far to this date, the death threats um, that we've gotten, which I didn't really share with the band, they don't need to worry about that stuff. I just, you know, hey, thanks for the interest in my band, <laughs> was my <laughs> response. <laughs> I mean, you know, because I mean, like, what, what do you do? You know, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm older now, but uh, we played a show in Omaha, and there is a official bootleg uh, taken with a camcorder that has been made available in the past. It's called Live in Omaha. And while we play the set, Azahel tore up a satanic Bible, and all the Satanists in the audience got very upset. And you can hear them chant, Hail Satan, as we play. And I thought, oh, great, this is going to be fun when we get done. And, of course, uh, I'm a large man. You know, I used to move furniture. I'd throw a sofa on my shoulder and run it to the door by myself. Um, so when I went to get off the stage, none of them even had the guts to look me in the eye. <laughs> I was so disappointed. I thought, man, I'm going to get freaking martyred. And they were cowards. The only one that wasn't was the guy that was like, that's the most extreme thing. You made everybody mad. And then he was a fan. And he sang for another band, and he just thought it was great because we were so offensive to everybody there. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's been my experience that in America, it doesn't really mean anything. Now, I believe in Brazil when Antester was chased with machetes. I think that was legitimate. But uh, in Norway, you know, Guys that are in bands know 
other bands and they're friends. I'm friends with a guy that used to play with Antester and he's told me stories and I don't think it's the same way as the magazines and the stories have, have really made it out. I could be wrong, but you know, there might be some psychos out there, but really it's just uh, a war of ideologies. Well, I guess that was their story. And of course you have your own story. So let's go back to the early days. In 2003, Frost Like Ashes put out your first release. Here is the blood-covered snow. A lot of bands don't hold their original release in very high esteem. What do you think of that EP now? I think Adorers of Blood and A Cruel Verse are brilliant songs. I think the cover we did of Black Sabbath was lacking. And I think that... um, that other song I can't remember wasn't that important. And we liked the song Immortals so much that we, we had the demo version on it that we ended up re-recording that and putting it on Born to Pieces. Mm-hmm. So I think that it was good for what it was supposed to be. Um, the sad part is I believe that my guitar playing was subpar, but I've gotten better since then. So. <laughs> You've had two decades of practice. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 wish, I, I wish there was eight years in there I didn't pick up a guitar. Yeah, I've had, I've had a little bit of practice, though. Yeah, I think that most bands' first releases, I really think that they're still trying to find their sound and figure out exactly how they want to do things. Probably still learning to work with each other. And I think that definitely was the case with, with Pure As. We all came from different musical backgrounds, and we were trying to figure out how those things are going to mesh together. I had just come out of a death metal band, and so this was the first black metal thing that I had done. It was just a natural progression, and so I think that the later releases really show where we decided to go as a band, and I think even the new stuff moves farther along in that path well we should carry on with that i guess christian bands in your genre often bounce back and forth naming their style you know sometimes it's black metal death metal white metal even unblack metal but are those labels important i I don't think so (laughs) i think like i think some of those labels are extremely unimportant um but uh I get for marketing and those kinds of reasons. We've chosen to call ourselves Christian black metal and probably we should move it to Christian blackened death metal because we're embracing all of our loves with the music that we're writing now. But the attitude, the warlike thing, um, you know, that's where I think we get the black metal aspect of what we do. Well, why don't we move on to Tofat, your 2005 full-length. That release is really considered to be a classic black metal album, and really for good reason. I mean, it's faultless. And I guess the surprise to me was is that both Christian and non-Christian reviewers both gave the album virtually perfect scores. You know, but this isn't that cheesy, feel-good Christianity. This is as dark as it gets. You know, I'm honored that anybody likes the music I play. I I was talking to a friend recently, and he said, you realize that you're somebody that can 
write a song and other people want to hear that. And that's a gift. Other people don't have that. And uh, the fact that I get to do this and people's lives have been touched, it's not even about a line to get people across. It's about getting people to think. It's about getting people to enjoy music and sort of the, the thing like that, that I had. Music has always been where I went to be safe. When I was a kid, I lived in like seven different states. I was always the outsider. So being an outsider is sort of what I'm used to. You know, you throw in some Iron Maiden on the, on the headphones when you're, you know, 15 years old and you're walking around, you're home. You, you know, that that's the way it worked for me. So I want to provide that kind of music for other people. And I don't want to reach people that are like, yay, this is safe music, because there are bands that do that. If you want safe music, the newsboys exist for you. Go, <laughs> You know, be free. It's cool. But I have seen too many crazy things in my life. I've seen darkness, real darkness in humanity. I've seen darkness spiritually. I've seen what evil looks like. I've looked it in the eye. And, and I, I can tell you that when I write some of this intense riffs, it, it's coming from my heart. This is what life is like for me. This is my passion. This is my, this is where I've been. So um, when people connect with that on any level, that's amazing that people can connect with that. The other thing that's amazing is that I was able to get a group of guys that would join me in this vision and do this. Azahel is a complete different personality than me, but we work very well together. It's very good. And then um, the people that we've had play bass have all been awesome. And um, Adonijah, our first drummer, um, he sort of came into the band kicking and screaming, but he ended up being just really in love with the music and, and making it. And it ended up being such a, a powerful thing. So, yeah, we made top 10 lists for greatest black metal band albums of all time on secular lists. So figure that one out you know <laughs> well as i said i mentioned that tofet is intimidating like the album opener terrible visitation deep within the trembling begins trumpet sounding warning watch from a tower of sin over the mountain comes the black swarm you really didn't want to make this an easy listen did you <laughs> no because I think the two points for most of the songs that we want to make is that number one, there is a spiritual realm that exists and it's real. And number two, you know, angels aren't uh, cute little cherubs uh, shooting bows and arrows. And what? They're not. Uh, no, they're <laughs> not. And, uh, and God isn't this far off being. He's not uh, disinterested. But he also isn't the other side of the spectrum of um, a weak or uh, only showing love all the time. Or I mean, he is love, but he's showing it in different ways. And sometimes those ways are very, very harsh. And there's so much strength and power. And, and he's, the, he's the creator of everything. And that includes storms that destroy things. It includes the darkness. And... And so uh, I really wanted to tap into 
the stories that uh, really demonstrate his strength. And so you you listen to the first lines of that song and you think that these uh, invaders are evil, but they really are not. And uh, hopefully uh, people come to, to realize that. And and once they do, if I mean, if you uh, really love metal, that's about as metal as it gets. And so it should really, uh, you know, get the blood flowing and get the synapses uh, firing. <laughs> and at least that's my hope. Well, that's true. But of course, the album wasn't totally heavy. I mean, you did bring in melodic songs like Crucifixion. So you were really intending that just to lighten up the tone of the album? Um, Crucifixion is the instrumental that our drummer Adonijah wrote. Um, he really, really, really wanted to do that. And so I relented. And you know what? It turned out to be this great instrumental that is just amazing. And uh, yeah, that's a fun one. And that line you actually came up with, it, didn't you, Sabat? No, I think it was... Um, Somebody saw it on a T-shirt or something, and it was awesome. So we used it. Oh, okay. I, I, I know. Maybe it was on a keychain at the Christian bookstore. Yeah, it maybe. might have. Been. <laughs> but but uh, it was it, it was cool. I I came up with I've seen the future and you die. That was uh, that was my fun little little one. <laughs> I was stuck in traffic, and then I I sort of saw that sort of like in a vision or, or something, sort of like a bumper sticker on a car in front of me. And I think it, it was my thoughts towards the other cars that were stopped on the front. But it stuck with me. So you know, we used that. So A couple of years after Tofet, Frost Like Ashes was released, Born to Pieces. And you made your worldview clear on Immortals, which you've mentioned earlier. I have immortal life through the blood of Jesus Christ. I was unleashed from the chains of sin and death. I will never die. No redeemed life of freedom, eternal salvation, seated in heavenly places. Now, you'd mentioned some of the non-Christians listening. How did they respond to a song like that? I don't know. They were too busy hurling satanic Bibles at you for an opinion? (laughs) I mean, really, nobody ever questioned it. Um, you know, that's the amazing thing is that uh, I think the people that bought it just listened to it. And I think that they open their booklet that comes in the CD and they read those words and they have something to think about. You know, it it is interesting. I never had anybody actually talk about that song in particular or like Adores of Blood. Um, but there were instances where like for instance we played a show a saturday night before easter in a club in kansas city and so we decided uh during a doors of blood do a full communion so i had the you know goblet of blood and prayed over the crowd and everything of course it's right in the middle of the song so they don't really know what i'm saying or doing Mm -hmm. um and did the communion myself, but over all of them, and uh, you know said some pretty pretty bold things from the stage, which normally I don't do. But after the show, one of the people that stayed after to talk to me uh, was a black witch, and she 
invited me to a group. It was an online group that only satanic witches were allowed to be in. And she's like, I want you to be in this group. You know, it's, it's that sort of thing that just happens when you are authentic and real and just, um, I don't know how to describe it. You, you have a connection with them through the music. It's not necessarily a spiritual connection because you're kind of on polar opposites. And so a song like Immortals, um, it doesn't really make them angry, I don't think, because of the way it's presented and because of how all the other songs are. I think they just accept that, oh, this is what this guy believes, you know, and they just accept it. You know, everything we've been talking about was way in the past, but earlier this year, you guys surprised me and probably surprised everybody else too, because after 13 years, Frost Like Ashes is back with a new song. Now, I got to know about this. Did you also surprise yourselves by getting back together? Yeah, we did. I had spent the last couple decades sort of pursuing being a minister of the gospel as a profession. I think that I was motivated out of a need to be accepted. And I came to the conclusion one day that that was wrong, a wrong motivation. And so I stopped. And then it was like I was naked. It's like when you leave the house without your wallet, you know, all of a sudden something's missing and you're like, oh no, what's wrong? And you're constantly just feeling like something's missing. That sort of happened to me. And I was talking to a friend of mine, Sean, that uh, runs Rottweiler Records. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, I was talking to this drummer. He said, he'd play for you guys. Why don't you put Frost Like Ashes back together? And uh, I don't even think we were talking about how I was feeling, but I was feeling that at the time. And I was like, well, that's sort of a cool idea. So I contacted Azahel and said, what you think? And, you know, he sort of laid down his thoughts and... I contacted other people and we decided to give it a go. And then it didn't go like we thought it would. It changed and changed and changed. And so while we worked on this new music, not only was it 2020 where we had COVID, I, you know, there was twice doctors stopped my heart, you know, and I, I didn't know if I was going to make it another day. Mm -hmm. It was a pretty intense time. So this EP that we, we ended up writing uh, during this past year really took on uh, an importance to me because I was worried that it would be the last thing I ever did. And uh, even though I penned the lyrics about how I have immortal life through the blood of Jesus, I didn't want to die before my time and I didn't want to die not having accomplished things. I have children, you know, that are almost teenagers. So there was a lot weighing on my mind and, and pressing on me when we wrote this new one. So I believe that that came out in the music. And to be honest, I think it's the best thing I've ever written. This fellowship of suffering is, is truly close to my heart. Well, let's talk about the song itself. I guess really that line birthed as a suffocating blizzard from your bio ties right into the new single, the weight of ice and fog, because the song speaks about a life of, impenetrable cold but the key line is the fog within my soul 
how many people suffer from fog within their soul? Oh, man. I I think more than you know. And I think a lot of people are walking through that and don't even know it themselves. So this song in particular, we released it as a single, but it has to be listened to in the entirety of the EP for it to be really uh, fully realized. But yeah, I shared the just the lyrics with a few friends that aren't really into metal, and they were profoundly struck by by the lyrics as well. So, so I think it affects a lot more people than than you would imagine it does, and people that you probably see every day and have no idea that's what's going on in their minds. Well, you've spoken about listening to this in context of the EP. When do we get to hear the EP? So I believe the last Friday of July is the release date for the EP. How many songs on the EP? It's uh, five songs, about 25 minutes worth of music. Is this the send-off for Frost Like Ashes, or is this the new beginning? Um, it's a new beginning. Uh, this weekend I wrote two more songs, and I've discussed with the label how we want to release them. And um, I think we're going to do a couple um, singles after the EP. Uh, we'll do a couple more songs. It'll just be a, uh, one-offs. It'll be digital, or maybe there'll be two you know, pair of, of songs that are put up online. And then um, during that process, we have a concept album that we are working on in addition to the singles in the EP. And then we also have uh, Horfrost, the compendium, um, which is all of the early releases put together on one release that Rottweiler Records will be putting out, I believe, in August. Yeah, so we, we definitely have a lot of things working right now. Oh, cool. Well, listen, guys, I've really enjoyed this. I appreciate you taking time out of your day for this talk with The Antidote. Yeah, it was awesome being here and uh, talking with you and uh, just kind of reminiscing over some of the old stuff. (laughs) It was pretty cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Thank you.